Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Dean, it's Natalie Dean, yes, it's Chatting with Nat. And today we have the honor of having vocalist, songwriter, and entrepreneur, Tracy Hamlin. Tracy Hamlin is a Baltimore-born, classically trained vocalist songwriter, jazz festival owner, and independent record label owner. She has executive produced five solo R&B jazz albums. Tracy has performed in over 50 countries as a solo artist, as lead vocalist with Pieces of a Dream, and as a lead background vocalist with disco queen Gloria Gaynor. In addition, Tracy has performed with Carlos Santana, Marcus Miller, Shaka Khan, Winona Judd, and Esperanza Spalding, to name a few. Tracy's goal is to continue to perform and record internationally while inspiring and grooming up-and-coming artists. So let's give a round of applause for Tracy Hello. Hi, Tracy. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Oh, my gosh. You know the honor's all mine. Because you are the Tracy Hamlin. Not just Tracy Hamlin. The Tracy Hamlin. Um, (laughs) How have you been doing during this entire pandemic? You know, I have been doing very well. Um, Early on, after three weeks of food and all the the bad stuff that I shouldn't have been eating and being late for the couch, I realized that I needed to put myself on a plan and a routine because, you know, know, but I needed the rest. I needed three weeks to just, you know, veg out. And, but afterwards, I mean, I was writing, I write with folks from all over the world and I've written more songs during this pandemic than I ever have because of course I started home because I wasn't going anywhere. So I had my setup home and I was just, writing, 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 and releasing dance music singles, probably sometimes two or three a month. <laughs> wow. Kind of ridiculous. It was fun. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Did you do any um, live streaming during the, this past year? So I did one situation um, with in the house music world um, mm-hmm. on hands-on. I had a new single coming out, and they asked me to to sing, to do a mini concert of four songs in promotion of the new single. So I did that, and then I did um, folks that were live live streaming different concerts, like, for instance, for Dr. King's birthday, people would have me um, send in a videotape of me singing a song here and there. But, you know, so I I haven't done any full concerts live streaming, but definitely thought um, the live streaming thing is very interesting. Sometimes you could be singing to yourself, not you, because you're just Tracy Hamlet. But um, sometimes <laughs> um, you can have a couple, but sometimes you have a lot of people. Um, what it did for me is that um, in allowing me to remember my lyrics, <laughs> because if I didn't 
start singing those things, they would have just flown out the window out the mind. I mean, there's some songs I still remember, but then there's some I'm just like, okay. eh, I don't know. Because when I used to dig out, I used to do it a three-hour set, and that's 30 songs. There's no way Natalie remembers this. <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing for me is the hardest songs for me to remember are the ones that I've written the lyrics to. So even when I've done, I did my four songs, if you could have seen around the computer, I had all the lyrics just taped everywhere. <laughs> so I completely, <laughs> it's a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Amen. Because, yeah, I had my, my my music stand, I had my lyrics, and I'm like, oh, I love this. This works for me. Um, right. So let's let's start with the story of Tracy Hamlin. What inspired you? What made you? What was that moment where you're like, whoa, I've got to do music? Well, it was very early on. I come from a very musical family, and growing up, my three older brothers used to imitate the Temptations and the Jackson Five. And we lived in a house that we always had people stopping by. So they were always performing. And when one of them was not there, I would kind of fill in. And then it got to the point that when they were all there, I said, you know what, I don't get to perform unless I'm substituting. So when I was five years old, I stepped out and went solo. (laughs) So I told them, don't ask me to fill in anymore. I want to sing every time people come. So I went solo at five, and and it was at, you know, that moment that I said I want to be a teacher, I want to be a singer, and that is what I have done with my life. I, you know, everything that I do is under the umbrella of music, and so I ended up getting in my first uh, band at 11 years old, toured up and down the East Coast, and I haven't looked back. I mean, it's just, it's what I do, it's what I love, it's what my passion is. Good for you. I love, my God, 11 years old, wow. See, this is why I call yeah. the Tracy Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is with me getting in that first band at 11 years old, My one of my brothers took me to, it was a popular band in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and they were having auditions, and my brother took me to the audition, and the, the band leaders, they kind of laughed, and I overheard them saying, well, she's here, let's just let her sing. Right. And they just thought that I was there and then they heard me sing and this was on a Monday on Saturday I was hired and I was making I had my first paying gig that Saturday wow that's that's just that's an awesome story I love it so you're classically trained yes so I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts and I had no choice (laughs) and (laughs) I, I you know as I look back I you know, I just, I do not like that I did not embrace such an amazing opportunity. You know, I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts. I had to audition to get in, and classical training is what they offered. And, you know, I ended up, when I left, I had three years of classical training there, and then I did about two years at Peabody Conservatory. And I did not really understand the full benefit until it was done. And I'm so thankful for that experience because I did not enjoy it at the time. But after the fact, it is the reason that I have the control that I have as a singer. It's the reason that in traveling all over the world as a, a singer with asthma and allergies, mm. I've never had any kind of vocal issues because the classical technique taught me how to sing correctly. And the discipline that I received is, it's just nothing like it. And, you know, so I love being able to share the technique that I learned with other singers because it makes all the difference in the world, especially 
when I'm traveling around the world with, um, uh-huh. you know, first of all, the Jeremy Plains, then you're going to these different countries with different climates, with different, um, you know, the, the time zones are different. And it just taught me to be extremely disciplined so that I can always perform. That's really great. Okay, so anybody listening, if you're just starting in college or wherever, high school, please train. You want to do that. It's going to help you yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, the techniques that I learned, I didn't learn anywhere else. And like I said, I did not enjoy it. And looking <laughs> back, wow, what an amazing opportunity that I completely took for granted because I just learned so much about how to sing and so much about the voice. And it's why I, you know, I, I run into singers all the time that are saying, well, what do you do? What, what should I do so that, you know, I'm, I feel myself getting sick. What can I do? And I automatically just do everything to stay on ready so that I don't have any issues. But wow. it's because of my training. Now, how would you describe your music? So I do jazz. R&B and soulful house music mm-hmm. and you know that people always say well how is your music different from everybody else's what makes you stand <laughs> out what makes anybody stand out is I mean I feel like when you listen to a singer or musician that has really experienced some trauma or drama or tragedies in their life they sit they they perform they sing they play from a, a depth of emotion Right. that they wouldn't be able to had they not experienced all of that. So when you when you hear my music, you're hearing a combination of my trials and tri- tribulations, you know, that I'm putting to when I'm writing my lyrics, when I'm singing, when I'm ad-libbing. It is all coming from emotions created from my journey. I love and, that. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's just, and, and interesting before, I mean, like I said, I've been singing forever, but it wasn't until I really went through some life challenges that right. people started saying to me, wow, you are anointed. Your voice is anointed. So it wasn't until I went through something and it took me a long time to really understand what they meant. And then as I started listening intently to other singers, I mm-hmm. can tell I me, mean, I've heard great singers, but you can really, if you listen you can tell if somebody's experienced something yes. or not. And, and I mean, you really, and it's not even something that you, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to sing and I'm going to bring all this junk with me. It is just right. a part of what, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And I love that, you know, recently I've been posting all these inspirational quotes about people being themselves and all that stuff and being authentic. Mm-hmm. The authenticity, authenticity is very important right now. Um, people are trying to live an authentic life. And I think that with the music world, I think more people are craving authenticity rather than what they play every day, the same songs all day long on the radio stations. Uh, um, it's just amazing how many people really that I've spoken to really look for artists that they can relate to. And then if you add yep. the visualization of, of realness, to your performance, mm-hmm. like they feel what you went through, and I always talk, I always say that spirit just working through you, allowing you to be a vessel to bring forth your pain, your joy, your surprise, your all, and then the people can say, "My mm-hmm. God, she 
me. I understand her. I need to follow her because she understands my journey. Maybe she can help me through my journey, through music, because music right. has such great healing power. So, you know, thank you. I honor you um, in regards to you being able to do that, because not everybody can do that. Some people just don't like to talk yeah. about their even through music. You know what I mean? That was one of my biggest challenges and just being authentic because, you know, you grow up admiring and listening to all of these mm-hmm. artists and music and you initially start out thinking, okay, I need to be like them. I need to say what they said. I need to sing like they sang. And I went to this women's empowerment conference a few years back and mm-hmm. every speaker that I went to, no matter what the topic was, they all kept talking about be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And when I embraced that, that's when I even started enjoying my own music, started enjoying my mm-hmm. own shows, and even just shining through in a different way and touching right. people in a way that I wasn't able to before. Because, you know, a lot of us that do this, we're shy. And I can definitely <laughs> be that. And, you know, I'm an extrovert sometimes, but I can absolutely right. be that introvert. And it was, it was a challenge for me figuring out how much to share and how much mm-hmm. to give. And it was just like, no, you're, you're making, you're overthinking this. You're making this into something that it doesn't be, especially when I'm doing songs, whether I wrote them or not. It's like, tell the story of the song. If, if you didn't write it, why did you like it? How does this, how do you connect to the song? And when it's songs that I wrote, tell the story. People want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, being authentic, has it, it's completely changed the game for me as a performer. I love hearing your story because I think a lot of people go through that. Now, I would never see you as an introvert, <laughs> but you see, I'm learning. I have that introvert side. <laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, one of my nieces, she, you know, she's a life coach and she always says, because you know, Auntie, you're an introvert. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But what? I get, you know, I definitely can be that way sometimes. Wow. So, so but, I'm a but, little bit of both. But, you, but you're a powerful introvert. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You're a yeah. powerful introvert. Well, you know what's interesting for me when, and so when you say that power, what you see is that passion. So becoming hmm. a singer and just pursuing everything, you know, all the different hats that I wear, they're all under the umbrella of music. And I yeah. feel that following my passion to do this led me to my purpose, which right. is serving my community, giving back and helping, especially up and coming artists, um, not make some of the mistakes that I made. And so it's it's really and truly what I live for. And so, you know, with how we met everything, you you saw that passion just wanting people to understand everything right. that you know, and pacing myself is <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just awesome because we need more artists like you out there, you know. I know a lot of people, you know, everybody wants to chart, and obviously you want to make money right. doing this. But what I realized right. for myself, I rebranded myself. Like, I want to be an effective player in life. I want my music to make a difference. I want people to say, right. oh, she or she tried to do that, or she, you know, affected the change in, in social justice and stuff like that because, my God, music is so powerful. It's so healing. And the things that we can do, God has given us this gift to be able to bring 
our, our vocalizations out there to the world. I mean, I'm mm. going to try to do my best to, to, to bring it out there. God already knew that I, I speak my truth. I can be very vocal about a lot of things, but um, I've been trying to do that through music. So, you know, again, Tracy, you are amazing. You're awesome. You're Thank very you. um Wow, I'm learning. I already knew this, uh, some stuff about you, but I'm learning more. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm just, I have really been blessed in that, you know, when I couldn't get a record deal, I started mm-hmm. my own label. When I wasn't getting booked for gigs, I became a promoter and created my own gigs. And when I didn't get booked for jazz festivals, I created my own. And what I found years ago when folks were shopping my music to record labels, they mm-hmm. wanted to put and pigeonhole me and because I grew up listening to all different kinds of genres and for years on the bar and bot mitzvah circuit um, most of my gigs were for the Jewish community and you know by saying country I did some rap I did pop and rock and so when I'm doing my original music you hear elements of a, of a lot of that and so the record labels would say well, what is she trying to be and it just annoyed me because I'm not trying to be anything, you know, I just listen to the song and deliver it based on how I'm feeling it. So it's my interpretation and it really frustrated. They wanted to pigeonhole me. So, you know, my first record there is a little bit of pop and a little bit of gospel and a little bit of jazz and a little bit of R&B. And it was just my thing and the blessing in it all, because, you know, it was just me. I was doing everything, even financing it with my with my peas and carrots. And there was no money for marketing and there was no money for promotion. But thank God for outlets like your CD Babies. So yes. I put music on CD Baby and it made its way across the pond. And then by the time my second CD came out, um, folk, more folks helped to spread the word and it expanded, you know, it, uh, it, it would, I, well, I, I guess I'll say my main, uh, my biggest fan base was the UK at the time. So from mm. there, UK, I guess they told folks in Germany and Czech Republic and Japan and, and I became a CD bestseller. They started a newsletter and because I was pushing, so I was selling so much product, they mm. asked me to be on the cover of their first newsletter, which blew my mind. And wow. um, and then there, you know, my fan base just kept expanding and expanding and expanding. But um, everything that I've done, I I really owe so much of it to CD Baby because, you know, I'm an indie artist, so I've never had those cash machines assisting. Right. So it was word of mouth. And now, I mean, I've literally performed all over the wor- world doing the the jazzy R and B stuff as well as the soulful house music. Yeah, you've performed with some huge heavy hitters. I mean, that's amazing. Not surprising, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's just been a blessing on so many levels. You know, one of my career highs was getting the opportunity twice to perform with Carlos Santana. And he was the absolute nicest guy. And the interesting thing is, so there's a guitar maker named Paul Reed Smith. He makes Paul Reed, he makes PRS guitars. And okay. Carlos Santana played signature Carlos Santana guitars made by PRS. And so 
I was invited to perform for the guitar maker in his booth at NAMM. And on Friday nights, they do this really big show where all of the celebrities that play PRS guitars would perform at this concert. So the guitar maker also had a rock and roll band, and I was his, his vocalist. And so at this concert, Carlos performed two or three songs with the band, and then I came out, and he was supposed to leave. But he stayed and essentially became my guitar player, which blew my mind. And so at one point, he comes over to me, and we were trading licks. So I would do some type of riff, and he would play it on the guitar. So when the concert was over, mm-hmm. the guys in the band teased him and said, Tracy was singing notes so high, Carlos, you could barely keep up. And so I went outside next to the dumpster and just cried. Oh, oh. <laughs> As I processed everything. Cause, I mean, he is, like, I followed his story. I've read all, you know, all of the books about Carlos Santana. So to to not only meet him, which was amazing, but to be on stage with him was amazing. And then two weeks later, uh, I got invited to his concert. We went to soundcheck. And when he saw me, he said, Tracy, can you sing the song for me? So I learned a song during soundcheck and sang it at a Carlos Santana show in front of 30,000 people. Oh, Okay, well, yeah. I see you. I'm getting on my knees and I'm gonna, bow, I'm gonna bow down. And you deserve it. Don't stop me if I do when I do it. Don't stop me. No, I am now, going to stop you. Come on now. You what? That huh? Yeah. You learned a song that fast and then you performed in front of thirty thousand. Okay. Yeah. When I tell you, I don't even know how my nerves allowed it because I, I felt bad that I had never heard the song before. Right. And uh, to over dinner, remember the lyrics and, yeah, piece it all together. So I was a nervous wreck because even during dinner, you know, he was talking to me and I just thought, I don't hear anything coming out of your mouth because I'm just <laughs> thinking about the person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, but you did it. And it went well, I'm it, assuming. It, I did it. It went well. And needless to say, that night I slept very well because just the, the buildup of the anxiety right. and Carlos and, you know, and of course he's a human being, but he was just somebody that I just admired. And, you know, I knew some of the folks in his band because his drummer, Dennis Chambers, was also from Baltimore. So, you know, I knew several of the folks around, but it was it was just great to be in that company because they are all, you know, they uh, they really work hard to, you know, they're almost perfectionist. And I just so much just just being in that them about how they operate and, you know, just even with their passion and what they love and, and how they move about before they go on stage. So wow. it was great. That, whoa. And I tell you, next time I see you, don't, don't, don't move. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you are the queen and I must bow down. Um, how, how did you start the whole, uh, your, your jazz festival? What is it called? Oh, it's called Tracy Hamlin's, Sweet Jazz Festival. So my jazz festival, I I frequent St. Lucia. That's like my second home. And so I met a guitarist. We recorded a song there. And, you know, he said, oh, I'm going to invite you to St. Lucia. People say that kind of stuff. I was like, he's never going to call again. Lo and behold, he called, invited me to perform. 
and that was back in 2003. And so after that, I um, was called to perform for a local party in St. Lucia. And so Guest of Honor, the next year, he had hired some musicians from the state from the states that kind of ghosted him. And because I lived here, he called and said, hey, can you find these folks for me? I couldn't find them. Their phone numbers were changed. Their websites were down. And these mm-hmm. were popular people that show, I, you know, I won't mention their names, but I thought I would be able to find them. Anyway, I couldn't find them. And he asked me if I could put together some artists for him. And I am the type of person that within reason, I'm not going to turn down anything but my shirt collar. So I said, sure. So I found him. I got him Kirk Whalum, um, Wayman Tisdale, and a couple of other people. And so from there, the next year, they just kept asking me to bring over artists. So for nine years, I ended up organizing this entire, it was a private party, but it became like a mini jazz festival because it was all about the performing artists. So I would bring over Sheila E., Layla Hathaway, Esperanza Spalding, like just Jonathan Butler, all of these amazing artists. And um, so I did it there and I absolutely loved it. And because I lived in Northern Virginia, right beside wine I just thought, oh my goodness, I should do the same thing, but do it near where I live. And right. that was how it started because I just, I love organizing. I love event planning, even though I don't have a company, but people will call me to plan their events, which is interesting. And cool. um, I went to a, wi- a winery in Loudoun County and, you know, had meetings with the Department of Economic Development, the tourist mm-hmm. board, and they wanted, they thought it was a great idea. And I pieced it all together. And so the first year I had Gerald Albright, and, um, and Alex Bunyan, Cindy Bradley, and of course, I put myself on there with my band and background singers, and I incorporated some local talent and partial proceeds went, um, they uh, had, it's a charitable, charitable component where I gave scholarships to students from low-income families. They received one year of private music instruction. So that was super exciting for me because I always say, music completely changed my life with where I came from. I didn't become a product of my environment because I wanted to be a singer. Right. And you know, I knew that I had to, you know, just be careful because I was like, I want to travel the world. And um, if I thought if I can provide an opportunity, like some of the opportunities I had, and I can save some lives and change some lives, that's what I want to do. So that's, you know, what, you know, that's one of the reasons that the that doing this festival was so important to me because, you know, I could pursue my passion of the planning piece, the performing piece, bringing these amazing artists to this mm-hmm. area that's only here, along with providing these scholarships for students that otherwise would not have had these opportunities. Again, when I see you, I'm going to be bowing <laughs> to you because you are awesome. That's what I'm you're doing. Great things in the world. Um, so we're going to play one of your songs. Um, the song is called Same Song. Tell us what that's about. So Same Song is a song that came, the music came to me from an amazing producer that I um, worked with. He's, his name is Michaela Schiavarini. And okay. so basically this is just a song of inspiration, and it's, it's all about no matter what goes on in life, you know, we shouldn't treat each other differently. We should honor each other 
because we're all singing the same song. I love it. So we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll play the song. Hi, it's Jordan. And Madison. And we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify.
goosebumps. <laughs> and and um, you yeah, you, 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 yeah, you are very passionate. I could feel it. <laughs> I was channeling my inner Shaka Khan on that song. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, oh, Lord have mercy. I was just, whoo. Yes, girl, you can sing. <laughs> it's not sing. It's sing. Just, uh, wow, 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 wow. That's just, wow, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> so tell us about your um, independent record label. Uh, what is it called? My label I started in late 2004. It's called DMH Records. It's my late mother's initials. It stands for Dorothy Marie Hamlin. And, again, I started the label because I couldn't get a deal. And this way, you know, I was able to do what I want, how I want it, wanted it. And it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, I've worked on, I've been, you know, I've started putting together compilations so that I could feature other artists. And then the pandemic, so at this point, I'm the only artist, but I've released five solo projects on that label. And, you know, I like to tell independent artists, it's very important to own your masters because I not only get paid, you know, through a company like a sound exchange, I paid as a performing artist, but I also get paid for owning the masters. Right. So that has served me well during the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic when no work was coming in. Wise advice. Wise advice. I always tell people the same thing. Um, no, that's awesome. Do you think eventually you'll have other people um, on the label? Yes. Um, I've worked with, I have a list of folks who want to release music, and I spend a lot of time educating folks because I need to know that I am not, you know, if I take this on and I attach mm-hmm. their brand to my brand that I'm not taking on, somebody whose heart is not in it. You know, you can't do this because you want to be famous. It's so much more to being a recording artist than just getting up there to sing or perform. So, um, and in the past I've done that. I've worked with some folks and then it got to the point where, okay, we have come to the end of our journey because I don't trust putting, attaching my brand to somebody that I'm not sure that I can trust. And they don't really understand how the industry, they don't want to understand because, you know, in this day and time of reality TV and the boys, American Idol, people, everybody, you know, well, not everybody, but a lot of people just think that they can have this overnight success and they don't really want to put in work. And, you know, you have to. Yeah, the music industry is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. I mean, it's not just about putting out. You got to market yourself on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever the TikTok, all these things. Um, it's Pinterest. A lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's the thing is, when you get to a point of getting out there to perform, you have right. to prepare yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, <laughs> because it is necessary for you to, you know, you have to take care of yourself. Right. Because if you don't create that foundation, you will get lost and get caught up in what you, you know, you would hope to have, not caught up in what the reality of it all. Yeah, I mean, whew, during the pandemic, one good thing was that I was able to um, watch all these <laughs> or do these web conferences 
I know, and all these social media sites like TikTok. And there's so many things that you can do. But one of the things they're talking about is, oh, you need to do five videos a day. And I'm thinking, hmm, who has that time? Um, you might who get, yeah, five, five a day. And I'm like, uh, I barely can do one a month because I always have to think. I'm like, well, what should I do now? I don't want to be too goofy. I've put my kittens in it. I've done some silly stuff and I've done my music stuff and you have to come up right. with all the stuff to say on all these platforms. So it's crazy. Now. It's a lot. Yeah. It's definitely. It's, a- now. This is your last, this is your last year as a trustee, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I term out in a few weeks, May 31st. Yes. Now you you have that, you got that date down. Yes. The 31st is so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not yes. going to any more meetings, damn it. Um, <laughs> yes. So, what are your thoughts on the whole oh, bye bye the committee, the committees? Well, it's interesting. <laughs> so, I'm just going to say so, as a trustee, they do not want us to pair our brands with that role. So, oh. when I am doing and it's for my brand mm. it is all best for me not to discuss any of that oh my god so, but after may 31st you, I can you absolutely i'm <laughs> <laughs> like it's june 1st tracy um here yes. the tea here um yeah absolutely <laughs> strong thoughts and opinions about it, but when it's about Tracy Hamlin, I just, you know, but like I said, they really don't want us to promote that role, and they certainly don't want us to pair it with our brands when we're out performing or interviewing on, you know, behalf of our brands. But you can call me later, and we can chat about it, girl. (laughs) I love that. You know I will. Um... So what is one quote that you live by? Oh, I have several. The one that immediately comes to mind is bloom where you are planted. Mm. Because a lot of people feel that, oh, I'm going to pursue this. I need to be in New York. I need to be in L.A. And I heard Joel Osteen said this years ago, and then I've read it in a couple of books, and I've seen it in a couple of places. And it just is something that resonated with me because I've lived in a couple of different places. And as long as I'm by an airport, I can travel overseas. And um, with where I live now, I started my own festival. Um, I'm treasurer on the tourist board where I live, and I'll be the vice chair in a couple of months. And Mm -hmm. I'm making things work for me where I live. So I, I don't aspire to go to New York. I don't aspire to go to L.A. I know what I want to do, and I'm making it work for me where I am. Uh, so one of the things we talked about the other one earlier about be authentic, that right. just really need to move forward with confidence and enjoy the journey of, you know, whether I'm writing songs or performing. And mm. another uh, a quote that I live by is run your own race because in social media, so many people compare themselves to what somebody else is doing, which probably isn't the truth 
half of the time. Right. So you have to be calm. You have to be your authentic self, and mm-hmm. you have to run your own race. And what's for me is for me. What's for you is for you. And folks just really have to understand that and not get caught up in what other people are doing. Do what is best for you. Amen. Preach, 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 because I always say Ah, uh, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Um, the music business is a business, Ooh. and that it is important that you you get all the information that you can so that you can move accordingly. You know, I was just you know when I was younger and I said I wanted to be a singer, I was caught up in everything else but the journey. Right. You know the racing and enjoying the journey, even, you know, the, the good with the bad, but, right. and that's one of the things I tell, you know, all, anytime I'm, I'm, I'm on a panel and I'm working with college kids or, you know, speaking to aspiring artists, I, I tell them, I'm like, it's a business and you really need to learn as much as you can about the business. Because even for me, again, as an independent artist without that cash machine, you know, I don't have money for high power attorneys and, you know, so I need, it's important to read. It's, it's tons of great information out there that can give you all the information that you need to move accordingly. Mm, 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 mm. Let me tell you, the music business is a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And I think that's yeah. what you realize. You're not, like you said, it's not like, you're going to get on The Voice or American Idol or whatever is out there now um, and just have this career. It just, it just doesn't happen that way. It's not reality. I mean, it's, those people that have been able to do it, they're lucky, good, good, good for them. But that's not the reality of things. And you really have to be invested yeah. in yourself. <laughs> you know, the way the music industry has evolved, you have to be willing to wear more than one hat. That's you know, right. I'm saying as a recording artist, I'm the singer, but when I'm doing these gigs, oftentimes I'm the promoter. I'm the, right. you know, even though I have a music director, I am still leading, you know, so you have to be well, willing to wear, I mean, unless you're that fortunate person that can get with a label and right. you have that cash machine with you, yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I have never had that luxury. So I tell people all the time, my middle name is Hustle Woman, and <laughs> I like to get things done. <laughs> so I Amen. just wear many hats and, you know, make it happen. So do I. Well, Tracy, this has been enlightening, and it's been my honor to have you on chatting with me. Well, um, it has been my honor. I think, uh, you know, I'm so appreciative of folks like you that create these wonderful platforms for us independent artists to share our music and share our stories and journey. So thank you so much. It is truly my honor to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Anytime. Don't worry. I'm going to call you. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to bow down when I see you because I'm dead serious about that. All right, everyone. That was vocalist, songwriter, and entrepreneur Tracy Hamlin on Chatting with Nat. Go follow her at www.tracyhamlin.com. Find her, seek yes. her, be enthralled, be amused. Be one with Tracy. You will be filled with emotion and joy. Thank you so much, Tracy. Yes. And I'll thank you.
Until Have next time. Have a great evening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.